Hi guys, welcome back to the Full Feature Podcast. I'm Jack Gamble. I'm Ian Mangan. Glad to know. This week we're talking about the films of Bong Joon-ho. We hope you enjoy it. If you guys enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, give us a follow on Spotify and a like on SoundCloud. So let's go through what we saw this week before we hop into Bong Joon-ho and his four films. We, we should sort this out so we're not saying like a mouthful every time we approach his name for the for the whole podcast. We so. saw BJH. <laughs> <laughs> I saw an interview with him uh, and it was your man Kang, uh, Kang Song-ho. Kang Ho Song, also a mouthful for the name. But uh, he called him Director Bong for the whole time, so I will be calling him Director <laughs> Bong. For Director the, Bong, that's pretty good. I actually podcast. quite like that. Right, so did we watch anything other than the four films that we've set out this week that we thought we'd mention? You oh, this, this week? Yeah, anything you saw this week that you I like, reviewed a film. film this week called The End of the Century, and it was like a Spanish Barcelona in the independent film. And it was so bad. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was, really, it was really bad, but... Um, yeah, it was basically like as if they took just a photographer off the streets who had like no cinematic experience and were like video this guy walking around. So like the first 10 minutes, there's no dialogue. It's just a guy walking around. I hate that. Man. And then it's like a really like... How am I supposed to know what's going on? <laughs> like I think we're all in, in agreement that the dream reality is just an awful thing to do in films. Yeah. Well, this film... It it's was, cliche. It was it's just... Overdone. You had no idea. Such I- a college guy. He was like, so, I'm going to be next Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> So this guy meets this guy and they realize that like they have like a, a prior connection and then it just turns into this like inception thing where you've no idea whether or not they've known each other for the last 20 years or not. And there's just really, really like, you know, when a sex scene is on is on screen. Yeah. And the, it goes from classy to why is this still on screen in about an instant. <laughs> it's like that moment where it just dwells. And there was like ten of these like sex in, scenes uh, where it just dwelt. <laughs> it's like in that uh, episode of Sunny when they're shooting Lethal Weapon, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and Frank's having sex with the girl, and then it just turns into full on porno. Yeah, no, it was, it was just really a lot of dwelling on sex scenes and different stuff like that. But my review will be up. <laughs> Check it out on the magazine. Check it out, Terrence Full. Positive review. How many stars? Yeah. Uh, how many stars out of five would you give it? Uh, like for, like two. And it would. It was very low budget, so you can't. You can't what? completely fault it. <laughs> Do you ever wonder like how these movies get releases? Like, who distributes this stuff? Like, who actually goes? Well, I'd say it's just the fact that it's Spanish, isn't it? Like, <laughs> I, like, I, I haven't seen a lot of Spanish films over there. Uh, I suppose. Like, I mean, I, there's. It's just like. There's probably a ton of other very good movies with proper storylines, and then it's like some artsy, fancy yeah, and movie. it gets like a sixty grand budget. Yeah, it's like, like well, e- why? Even Irish <laughs> movies. I'm sure there's a ton of Irish movies out there that are that are well. Mm, Irish movies are the garage. <laughs> <laughs> Irish movies are so hit or miss, aren't they? Oh yeah, but um, I one of my favorite movies, Sing Street, class Irish flick. Um, I actually do like the garage as well. It's good. Yeah, no, the garage. I watched is fine. it in school, and I was like. Oh. Did he actually say that? <laughs> <laughs> there are some brilliant films, to be fair. Yeah. They've usually just got like British production behind it. Mm. More so, like, like, Did you ever see that god-awful movie, The Stag? 
Oh, no. Oh, my God. The stag. It was the worst thing ever. It was like... Is that where they go into the forest? And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going on a stag. Oh, the claws will come off. <laughs> That's basically the movie. They they go on the stag, and it's just terrible. And it's like like an, like an Irish attempt at like an American boner comedy. Oh. And it is just <laughs> the worst thing I've ever had to subject myself to. On the, uh, I'm pretty sure is Brian Gleeson in it. You know, Donald Gleeson's less <laughs> talented brother. <laughs> <laughs> is it fair to say less talented? It probably is. Donald's very good. He's he's yeah. Well, yeah. Brian's not quite there. Wait, you don't like Donald Gleeson? No, Donald's good. Donald's amazing. Oh, right, right, right. well, yeah. He was, he was terrible really in the most recent Star Wars. That's not being around the bush here. I, I liked them. <laughs> I liked him. <laughs> like he turned around and he was like, I was helping though. Oh, I actually, I was about, just the died. camera just cuts to him and he goes, I'm the spy. And I was like, <laughs> I was like I'm so done. Yeah, spoilers for the worst Star Wars <laughs> film of all time. Crazy. I was so done at that stage. Yeah. And he just dies immediately after. I don't, <laughs> I don't, even, I don't even care happens? about spoiling Does he not survive? What happens? No, no, he gets killed. Not, really, yeah. Does he not get like neck snapped or something like that? Something along the lines. Or sucked out of the hole. Immediately. No, sorry. The. The like commander of them just shoots him on the spot, like right after it. Like his character just got no real oh, yeah. resolution. It was like, how did they get out of here? And he was like, oh, they overpowered me. And then you managed to go pew. Yeah, literally oh. pew. He tried like play it off. Yeah, but he was really good in the first film. He was fantastic, as general. When he did that like speech and stuff, yeah. and him and Kylo kind of had this little. Ooh. Yeah, and he's just really good in general, isn't he? He's... You know what kind of lost him for me? Do you remember in the start of the Last Jedi where him and Oscar Isaac are engaging in banter and. Yeah. Oscar Isaac oh, makes a, oh he makes a God. yo mama joke and I was literally just like what the hell I was like what have I got myself into that was it was I hated Oscar and there was Isaac a guy in like, those films as well there was a guy he's a great guy there's a guy like dressed as Darth Maul was like, <laughs> 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 it's like you, you put too much effort into the wrong film man his heart, his heart just sank yeah. Yeah. the worst thing about those he should have eyes First thing about those films uh, was when Princess Leia gets so sad. <laughs> I was like, "What is going on?" I thought it was genuinely like someone had put the wrong reel in. That was legit. I, my I was expecting part. people to come out and be like, "Oh, we got you." Captain oh, Cutcher comes out. Except it's Brezzy because they're in Ireland. <laughs> that's why, that's or, like or, Iron or, Man 3. Or Owen McDermott. <laughs> <laughs> Ireland's newest prank show. <laughs> we had a 2.6 billion euro budget <laughs> to decide to remake Star Wars. <laughs> These fellas don't know what's going to hit them. <laughs> 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 In other news, RTE is laid off 40 new people because they spent all their budget on an alternative Star Wars. That 30 people got to see including Darth Maul. Okay, let's read it in. Let's, uh, let's, let's reel it in. Uh-huh. Okay, so Director Bong. Director Bong. We're going to refer to him as Director Bong, yeah? Yeah. Bongmeister. Well, they, they, this was a professional interview I was watching, and they were okay with it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you can just see a Chad in America going, <laughs> Director Bong, bro. <laughs> Rip it, bro. <laughs> nice. That's what they call me in college. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's very late. It is. <laughs> We're jacked up on cups of tea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so director Brom recently cleaned up at the Oscars mm. for his amazing film Parasite, but he has been in the limelight for uh, more than a couple of years, especially with his major breakout film, The Host, made in 2006. Now, what did you guys think of The Host? So as I said to you guys, I saw this years ago and I have slight hazy memory of it. It scared the crap out of me at the time. Yeah, same, same. And I I mean, I think if I still watched it now, it would still scare me. There's something about the, the this becomes apparent in his in his in his all of his other movies, but the way he can just change the color tone of his movies, and you just feel unsettled. Yeah, and there's something about the sets that they've always gotten. That he always captures that grimy kind of sense of things, and yeah. the host just has that from the start. But yeah, like, down to a T. If you guys want to go into the plot a bit more, because you guys want to have a, a more comprehensive kind of way of talking about it than I will yeah Tim talks through the well, it's it's packaged as a monster film and it basically starts with like he's got like real undertones of like the American bad guy from the start like dumping into the Han River in Seattle I think mm. it's called yeah and the, like uh, f- um, fluoride no not fluoride uh, uh, formaldehyde formaldehyde yeah. which I don't know how he's creating these big monsters it starts off and there's this big monster that's seen by a couple of fishermen, fishermen and then it like starts terrorizing the town and then it takes uh, Kang Ho Song's daughter he's the lead of the film and like a reoccurring character in uh, Bong director Bong's films director Bong <laughs> and um, yeah it basically progresses with uh, Song trying to get his daughter back for the duration of the film and like everyone just thinks he's crazy because they're all hyping up over the virus like a, it's like a pandemic basically over the virus that the monster spread rather than the monster itself and it just kind of unfolds like that it gets mental from there yeah it gets a bit crazy but it's a lot of fun along the way well I, I think as well we were discussing this just earlier that director Bong his all of his movies have this like overarching really big message and it's it's not subtle at all. It's very obvious what he's trying to oh, say. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But like normally, you would criticize somebody for for being so glib about something, but it's not. He it's he executes it very very well. So obviously, with the host, he's dealing with things like government red tape, you know, and yeah, yeah, like like basically the main thing is is like uh, toward the end of the film, it comes out that the virus that they were all worried about the whole time while the monster was there killing people like didn't exist and it's kind of like that media narrative of like hyping up a virus like it's a pandemic but there's really no true evidence for it or that many cases and it's just like the one American dies from the virus at the start and and they're like fuck yeah (laughs) it just hits you know a little bit as you're saying I mean it's relevant we got the coronavirus going around now and I mean it's like us like in, in Ireland you only kind of pay attention or like I'd assume down in, like further west as well in America and stuff and then England and Europe you'd only start paying attention to something like that once it affects well, once it's there yeah once well, it affects your like country. once you get it yeah you know? <laughs> once it, you know what I mean but that's that's and and to think of how long ago that movie was made it was made yeah. in 2006 and that's still relevant now it's actually very relevant now yeah extremely relevant yeah so it's it's he, he gets these themes and injects kind of like 
he he injects these kind of genres into these themes like like that was his but you can't even movie. put like a genre on it no either. yeah like, that's yeah, true. It's, it's, crazy. it's a horror film it's a comedy it's a drama like you're laughing at this film mm. at the main character and like how much of an idiot he is mm. and then there's what really you said you're scared scenes. too you know yeah and you're scared like the one scene that stands out uh, to me in this film that really is like quite graphic and quite scary is when at the very start when the host first jumps out of the water and, he's and everyone's down running and you just see and it's real abrupt as well yeah yeah and, and it's, it goes from being in the distance like you can see it in the distance yeah, to, running to towards, yeah, yeah. and there's a really distressing scene where a load of people run into like this caravan and then the host basically hops in after them and the other door is locked and they can't get out and like it, you just see the hands and everything and the blood and yeah. it's just it's just like wow like this movie went because at the start it's quite like nice the daughter the the uh, dad you know the granddad there as well the he sells you in, the aunt. He sells you in yeah, yeah it's quite like oh this is like quite you know yeah and he does that in a lot of his other films yeah well. it's like oh like this if, if someone told you nothing about this film you'd be like, oh, it's going to be like a drama or something about a father and his daughter. But then it just takes, you know, a complete U-turn. Mm. Um, and it just kind of gets, like, crazy. But it's a very enjoyable ride, you know? And, like, I think what, what's what's kind of <clears throat> really interesting about it is you can tell that there is elements of the old kaiju movies in Japan and so, like, Godzilla movies and stuff like that. Yeah. There's elements of that that he, he's lifted and... and uh, uh, Definitely you know utilizing, like yeah, yeah, exactly, and like <clears throat> those those movies have had mass appeal, but they've actually had a huge uh, effect on, on Asian cinema kaiju movies. Like obviously Japanese cinema is massively affected by them. But I'm gonna go off on a bit of a tangent here. Okay, but kaiju movies and their relationship with Korea. Did you know there was a director and he used to direct these Godzilla kaiju movies, and they were super popular, and he was kidnapped. By Kim Il Sung in North Korea, <laughs> and made to make North Korean kaiju movies. So there's a bunch of North Korean. <laughs> you have resources. <laughs> I swear to God, look it up. Look it up. He kidnapped this guy and his wife, and he made him make these Godzilla movies with like a North Korean twang on them, and like the North Koreans, like this full of propaganda, <laughs> and. and this went on for years. <laughs> he was forced to own book fights Godzilla. Kim Jong Un fighting Godzilla. <laughs> That's pretty chill. That's pretty I mean, chill. I've definitely <laughs> seen that. If you did have the power, like, you'd definitely why get aren't these films getting the budget to make me into a spaghetti <laughs> western or something like? Well, that's exactly it. But the, the kaiju movies, actually, obviously, they were they're very popular in Korea as as well, and. You know, those big monster movies. It is a big monster movie, as you say, Jack. But it's also... And you, you guys both say it's ten different genres in one. It's a monster movie, but it's it's also a movie about, you know... Like, the emotion you feel when the dad dies. And like, oh, yes, yeah, stop. You're, like, the, you shouldn't be connected to these characters, yeah. but you really are. Because they're not necessarily good characters or good people or anything, but you still gel with them. Like, let's talk about Song's hair in the film. <laughs> <laughs> we were, really we, we were that. dancing around that one for too long. Yeah. <laughs> It's the best hair ever. Like, it is incredible. Blonde you know, tips. You know what I love as well? So he's just got these blonde tips and it's this scruffy hair, but at the end of the film, when he's like finally like decided to get his life together, it's it's shaved and like he's just got like a regular head of brown, <laughs> yeah. black hair. Like he's growing up and time to get rid of the blonde tips. <laughs> Director Bob knew that. He was like... 
Okay, you're getting out of there by Act Three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's cool is I actually learned. I I looked into a bit of Director Bong's history, and he went to prison for a month. Uh, no for I think it was for like skipping the draft or like a certain. Oh, that's right. Because you have to do military yeah. service in Korea. And this would have been like before he really mm. got into the film scene mm. and. He did, like, a month in prison with a load of petty criminals. And he says himself that, like, those petty criminals really inspired what he'd go on to, like, do his characters around. Like, mm-hmm. what he'd build his characters around. And you really see that in the host, Jack. Like, like you know, Show Re, mm-hmm. which is, like, the petty theft. It's, like, when kids, like, can't eat. They, like, steal stuff, but they don't yeah. steal money or anything. They just steal what they need and Just-a-ride. stuff like that. And you kind of see that in Parasite as well. Whereas, like, while the family are committing crimes, I won't jump ahead, but, like, while the family are committing crimes, they're not committing heinous crimes. Yeah, like, yeah. it's not, like, yeah, yeah. They're survival, survival, survival crimes. Yeah. yeah. And it's just cool how, like, that, like, stint in prison really, like, influenced, like, how he'd say it. Because he's from, like, a middle-class family, he says. As yeah, well. and, like, I know that the monster was inspired by a rumour that there was a fish pulled out of a river in Seoul with three eyes similar to the that's very yeah. cool yeah. apparently the US did pour chemicals down into the river well no but you see this is the thing I think that's what was happening I don't think there was actually a three eyed fish yeah but I think that there was chemical dumping going on oh yeah you know there, there was yeah completely yeah. And there's this rumor that this three-eyed fish, like Blinky in The Simpsons, and he like got inspired to create the monster of those from that. Like that's amazing. Yeah, isn't it? it's and uh, what's they're not subtle at all either about the chemical dumping when no. they use yeah. like Agent Yellow at the end. <laughs> yeah, of the film. <laughs> it's it's so blatant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love it. Doesn't kill a monster either. It yeah, just, like, yeah, kind of like stops it for, for a few. For and you got like the cockeyed American at the end, lobotomizing the main character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, just, like, <laughs> he's so like mentally gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I I think as well. Oh well, we'll get into this a bit more in detail, but. Uh, Bong Joon-ho's sense of humour is it's so it's so specific and it's so it's, he is extremely self-aware he has so much self-awareness and it's like he he knows he's making these big points in these movies but he's so self-aware about it as well and it's like he's not being like vitriolic about it in his points like he's saying like yeah I'm I think big government is corrupt yeah I think, yeah, no. I think big corporations are yeah it's corrupt. not cheesy it doesn't make you hate the characters <laughs> no yeah. exactly like it's yeah. really it, it's me me and Ian were talking about this earlier it's really absurd and like that just completely like it makes the point how absurd it is because you're watching this and you're like I'm not watching this for a political point mm. but god am I getting one yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. exactly it's real slapstick humour but like his it's movies also... are, are really political but I would never like describe that to a person no, I would never not say his movies all. are really yeah, political it's not the word that comes to mind but now no. after like watching them, all of the four movies that we're about to discuss today there's a definite concrete message behind all of them there's and he doesn't he does yeah. it through the actual story and the characters and developments rather than just having a, a big money bad <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, well like while it's not subtle it's also very secondary like they kind of yeah, they kind of mention like the class disparities in, in the films as in like it is very second to the actual story. Yeah, mm. that's, it's happening in the background. Yeah, like the host is a monster film, but you could also say the monster is secondary to the story. It's just, it's so nuanced in the way that you don't know what you should be focusing on, but you're just taking it all in. It's... And what do you what do you guys think of like, and I want to compare them to the other ones, but starting out with the hosts, 
uh, you mentioned it like the set design the kind of just the overall kind of like visuals that director bong does like do you guys think that like the host lends itself to that kind of that that dark that kind of hard, it's kind of not nice everywhere oh, is just 100% it's just, yeah. it's just it. hard. Like, like the sewers are or like the hard. city in the host almost looks like the house in Parasite from the inside did yeah. you get that it's really like grey concrete walls mm, everywhere mm. and it, it's very cool in that sense and like the exact same with Snowpiercer Snowpiercer is bleak like uh, yeah and very very bleak and you kind of see it, it, again yeah it's very it's very much like the same set design I'd say the only one that well Octa does get very bleak towards the end yeah, but like yeah. and that's very like maybe he's making a commentary on the fact that like Octa's only nice when they're like away secluded in the mountains that's very true and mm-hmm. then it gets super bleak from there and super, out of super mind horrible. Now. out of sight yeah. out of mind that's it that is, mm. it. That is it. Uh, one of my favorite things about this movie before we move on is the American soldier who they make like into a caricature. <laughs> <laughs> and his girlfriend's like, "No, you don't have to help him." He's like, "I must help them. I must help the people." And he, like <laughs> he throws a tile at the host. Captain, Captain America. America. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Captain America. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, very good. I like twenty thirteen Snowpiercer. The major breakthrough into the States, starring Chris Evans, a.k.a. Captain America. Well, star-studded cast in yeah, general. Yeah, absolutely cast. crazy, cast. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, let's try and go through it for a sec. Like, Tilda Swinton, obviously. Of course. Yeah. Obviously Octavius, big, Octavia Spencer. Yeah, who was also in Gifted later on with Chris Evans, a great film that me and Jack loved. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I've like, never heard of this It's movie. like Matilda with social workers. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, yeah, me and Tiernan were uh, in Thailand and we were going to, supposed to go out that night and we watched Gifted. Um, like where? In like a, it was like a weed bar cinema. <laughs> Controversially enough. Yeah, weed bar cinema basically what it was. Weed bar cinema ping pong FIFA place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were playing Gifted and we were like oh this film looks shy and by the end we were bawling yeah. <laughs> none of us went down no. <laughs> but it, irrelevant then uh, <laughs> Ed Harris is in this as well Ed Harris him. of course he plays course uh, uh, Wilfred like, of course, of yeah. course. Um, Jamie Bell as well he plays Edgar uh, he's very good in this and and I thought his Irish accent wasn't too bad his Not Irish too bad. accent wasn't too bad no, although I was trying to pinpoint was he Northern Irish or was he Irish it, it kind of switched yeah, it got better there as it went on yeah like there was uh, at there the was, start I thought he was Welsh there was yeah there was certain words he said and I was like is he like oh I didn't know what he was going for I'm not gonna lie when you said when you said he did a good Irish accent I thought he was okay I was, I was okay, the whole yeah. way through I, I like coughed it like 20 minutes and I was like oh shit he's supposed to be Irish there was a few things where he was like hot oh, Jesus be carvy and I was yeah. like ah. Because oh, yeah. out here you're bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what, what's that Leitrim? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and you and Bremner from yeah. Trainspotting, unbelievable. From Trainspotting, he's so good. Yeah. He's so so. I didn't so know good. who the hell that was at first. I didn't recognize him at all. I literally like, just copped it. Uh, I was trying to look at him and I was like, oh, oh no, I I love Trainspotting. He's great. And yeah, and and he's, so nice he's on a train for this whole movie. There you go as well. But, uh, yeah. One class choice that uh, John Hurt, who plays John Hurt. Winston in 1984, the film, which is the original dystopian novel slash uh, yeah, film. And yeah, it's very yeah. interesting to see that he was kind of like the fake revolutionary in this film. Yeah, and, Like a, yeah, a completely yeah. different take on like the dystopian, like 
world, but like it's it's very. Well, we talk about the plot. We'll talk. Yeah, let's run through the plot, guys. Ian, do you wanna? Yeah, so it's basically so I know it's based on on a novel. Um, it's French. Um, picture book. Really, a French a graphic novel. Yeah. Wow. But it doesn't really. It's kind of more the concept of the train yeah I, um, I, I kind of figured the, the other that. one's a lot less about class and more about like trains <laughs> <laughs> French people on a train <laughs> some have first class tickets others do not <laughs> I mean that's basically the plot <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah so it's, it's set in this dystopian world where so there's kind of a bit at the start that suggests it's like chemtrails were dropped on the planet and that's what froze it over you know it kind of opens with a shot of yeah it was trying to fix global warming basically right. i thought it was going to be about climate change yeah, yeah. and yeah. they they basically dropped these uh c7 these, i think yeah, it's yeah, yeah. C7. yeah and it freezes over the entire yeah planet. but they dropped too much yeah and basically it, it, it lowered the temperature and um, so yeah. uh this uh wilford knew this was going to happen uh so he built a train after he connected all the world's railways and the train is fully self-sufficient and he had tickets for first, second and third class and then you had people who he led onto the train that didn't have tickets and this is where the class structure was set up. So the train is fully kind of um, self-sufficient and you know, it, it will, it's a snow piercer. It, it pierces it, the snow in the ice and, and it runs And it's forever. essentially the world. You have the yeah, entire is, Earth's yeah, yeah. population on this train and it has everything that the, the, the population needs it has food it has well kind of I love how it creates water I thought that was such a cool concept how it like pierces the snow and then like it funnels the snow yeah. that it's piercing not to use the title this many times but and then it, into like the water system I thought that was really yeah. cool yeah I, I also liked how like the engine is kind of seen this mecha and everyone on the back is trying to get to the front, to the front great yeah. metaphor for a kind of society in today where so, everyone's trying to like that so, American dream yeah kind of exactly try and get get to that and it's and it's a physical it's a physical journey from yeah. the bottom yeah. to the top it's like predestination class it's like yeah. the underlying exactly. issue yeah. and except and it's packaged as an action it's very like the yeah. that well this is it so, so this is where Snowpiercer, and, and this is where uh, Bong Joon-ho is very good at just setting it up in one genre. It takes an absolute flip, and then it kind of, it kind of. So this movie kind of starts out as an action movie. It kind of goes off the w- walls for about thirty to forty minutes, and then it kind of comes back into an action movie again. Yeah. Um. But you know, Chris Evans is in steerage with John Hurt and. Jamie, Billy Elliot, yeah, 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 Jamie Bell, and and all these characters, Jumper. And, and there's lots of like little there's lots of <laughs> Jumper's mate, just teleport to the top Jumper's of the train, Jumper's mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a that's a terrible film. That's a terrible Jumper. Yeah, jumper. I had I had it on pirate crap. when I was a kid, and I would not stop watching it. Hayden Christensen. Like, like, Why is Anakin Star Wars? Wars isn't going to define me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they're all in this like horrible uh, carriage, and it's poverty, and it's dark, and it's it's like it's all steamy. They're the people who got on the train for free. For free, essentially, yeah, yeah. and. They're all eating these. This is what I love the about. Protein yeah, protein I love about Boon uh. Jong Ho's movies. He has these like, these these little, these little additions like these these kind of set choices and these these props that really work into it. And they're all eating these 
protein bars. Well, food like, is like a massive part of all of these. Films yeah, exactly. Well. Yeah, and it's like they're these these like jelly bars, and they're like people are all eating them. Would you eat one, Jack? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, on set, Tilda Swinton loved them. <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what are they made of? Uh, it was made of like kale and seaweed and a lot of stuff. Okay. Apparently, Tilda Swinton loved them. You know? Cockroaches in the film. Okay. Yeah. Well, apparently cockroaches and insects are the only way forward for a diet so you know what I probably would eat them well I'm not against eating <laughs> I'm not eating boards. the babies um. <laughs> yeah, put it that way we'll get to the babies we'll, 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 we'll we just jump straight to the babies because <laughs> yeah. this is the point in the film where I was like oh yeah, that, yeah. That, that really fucked me yeah. like for the whole film I was like I was like oh this is like it's got the underlying theme it's a bit like it's very yeah. like upscale budget like action well and then Chris Evans turns around, Captain America, <coughs> and talks about eating babies <laughs> <laughs> at length. <laughs> it is a, it is a, I'm I favorite believe, part of the film. <laughs> I believe one of the lines is, "I hate that I know babies taste better." Yeah. I was yeah. like, "Oh my god, this is absolutely horrific." And then it takes like, then his character just goes, "Whoa, yeah, that? it's it crazy. just takes it." But so let's go back a bit. So we're we're, we're getting on a bit, but there are all these like held down they're meant to be the, the I wouldn't even say working class I'd just say poverty like it's just people who are just stricken yeah. in poverty but what I love about the movie is there's all these like little things that are these little kind of heist things so they, they realise that there's all these armed guards and Chris Evans knows there's four doors and if they can get past the fourth door they've gotten past the yeah. guards and he has a t- one of the best things in the movie is he has a theory that there's no bullets in the guns yeah and yeah I thought that was dead they're trying to keep them and down they're they're, you know they're, they're, there's a bit of an uprising happening they've, they've planned something and you don't really know that's the thing you know that they're going to have an uprising of some sort yeah but, but you don't really know, know do what, what and you don't know what the end plan is they just want to get them to the next carriage yeah it's kind of like they're blindly going towards yeah. exactly you know they're just what society tells them to go for. even they don't know and there's nothing else and it is society telling them because the, he Chris Evans is getting notes these notes he's getting these notes that saying you need to press forward blah 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 and I mean they're I mean it's that scene is great with the, the barrels they, they yeah, have all these the barrels and they essentially and serve the barrels but when Chris Evans jumps up and this is major spoilers for everyone but he runs up and he just clicks that gun and there's no bullets in it and you're just like yeah. oh this movie is just clicked yeah. and everyone just rushes forward yeah um, but as they move on to the carriages it just gets weirder and weirder and weirder like nothing there is no kind of clear isn't it really cool the way that he shows these things that are in modern day society like there is an aquarium like sushi mm. bars different like stuff like the botanical gardens and how they just look so ridiculous on a train exactly which yeah. is kind of I think that's what, how he's trying to get at it is like why don't these things look ridiculous unless you put them on a train yeah, there, was <laughs> some, there was some choices in the film that kind of slightly lowered my enjoyment of it like first now, of all to, to director Bong's defense he had a lot of fallings out, uh, falling That's out true. with Harvey Weinstein, who's a controversial really? character. But <laughs> had a, <laughs> a lot of falling out, and I think that you can definitely see that in this film. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like because the action sequences are great, but there's like there's some scenes like remember like, and this is what bothered me about it: the, the geometry of the train and the, the actual physics of the train. I was, didn't make any sense. No, and I was trying Feel to understand. Very disjointed, and I'm like, where are they now? Sorry, exactly. How they get to here from there, and you don't get a real sense of how big the train is until yeah. you're, the first time you really see it is when they kind of go up that spiral. Yeah, and Chris Evans is on a, is having a shootout with another guy. I thought that was and, stupid, and I feel like that was a studio. I, thing. Yeah, I, no, I thought that was. I really... thought the whole point of the train is not to have windows or to have very 
small amount of windows yeah. to see like you shouldn't look out and see your surroundings mm. you should just keep on focusing on going forward and like work in that kind and of that way. actually slowed the movie down for me. Those scenes, like those kind yeah, of shootings, yeah, so I was kind of, I don't, yeah. I don't care. I mean, I, I yeah. don't need constant. I, mean, I know Chris really, Evans not going to die from like this. They yeah. really didn't. They really didn't capture the size of the train at all. Anything. No, it and, felt and, like they walked like eight carriages. Yeah, it, it did. And I mean, I and think then towards the end, we see like there's, forty carriages. There's, there's loads. <laughs> there's, there's endless yeah. amounts, like, um, but that that was one of my one of my kind of gripes. There's also a few things that that director Bong does that he makes these really weird decisions for his movies but they kind of work in the world he I creates got, yeah i got one so there's a scene in it where they, they've gotten past the, a number of carriages and then this actually was a really i thought it was the cinematography is incredible the door just slides open and there's all these masked men and they've got like spears yeah, and you're just like these guys are fucked yeah. and, you're, and you actually feel yeah. oh god like, what the hell is this happening yeah I love I love when you're mad against the fish yeah and he, it's and like he cuts a the ritualistic fish. society yeah and, and I remember seeing that fish That's, and I was like is this what your one is what he that, that was my one too because Harvey Weinstein didn't want that in the film yeah, I he, can tell and he fought him tooth and nail and you know he was what? like I want it I'm glad he did right? <laughs> that was my favourite part of the it's, film it's so silly and it's so slapstick it's like whoa I'm <laughs> slipping <laughs> on the fish what? oh get out of this one yeah. <laughs> and I remember just being like, "What?" <laughs> I saw that happening. I was but like, it, "That's what brings you into these." Films. Yeah, exactly. and like how they stop mid-fight and they're like, "Happy New Year." <laughs> <laughs> that was, I love that too. That was excellent. That, yeah. But that was a part of the train that I thought like captured really well. That like, yeah, yeah, there was a certain point that they were going past, and that was Happy New Year. I thought yeah. that was such a cool concept. Yeah. As well, so, know? so the train does a does a full rotation. Yeah. And they they that's how they mark a year. A year's time. A year's yeah, time. Yeah. And I actually we skipped a character. So can. Song song is the gatekeeper. The, he is the gate opener. The yeah. gate opener, and he's basically addicted to Cronall. Uh, Cronall, and uh, him and his daughter are two Cronall addicts, <laughs> and yeah. uh, they have to keep opening each door. And I loved their dynamic. Oh, best like best part of it again. They're the only ones speaking Korean. <laughs> well, this is where this is where I think the movies really work well. That and it, it works really well in Aksha he's able to cast these like big name American and, and English and these these western actors and then he casts people that are you know obviously Kang Ho Song is someone that is uh, clearly somebody he works with like it's a bit like a Tarantino relationship he doesn't, he doesn't what he actually said about it which I thought was really cool he said he watched The Irishman and he was hoping that himself and like Song and the other people he casts will be like that event one day. Well, I can see that happening. Yeah, I mean, I mean all the auteurs have their little cast. Their, their little cast. And, and you can tell uh, director Bond gets this incredible performance out of him in every movie because he's so different to them. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. And he, this dynamic with him and his daughter is just so enjoyable. Like, And the daughter is just... She's like this this like wily like character who who doesn't really give a fuck about what's going on and you don't know she's them. the main character exactly and she turns out to, to be, be like the, the hero yeah like, the hero she's a train baby yeah, she's a train she's baby. A train baby. I really like yeah, the scene where baby. he's like, "I used to walk on this," mm. and she's like, "What the fuck are you talking and about?" It's, and, and it's earth. It's, 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 it's soil. It's soil. It's cool. Or when he pulls out the smoke. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, come I, I, I love the last smoke. Even on if there. you, even <laughs> if you don't smoke, you everyone would... is just like, "I fucking love that smoke." <laughs> <laughs> I want that and he throws it into the crowd, and they're like, and they're like killing each other, on top of each other, like. 
<laughs> but I really like that concept of she's a train baby like she's born on the train on the yeah. train into this horrific kind of condition like but you know it kind of goes on and then there's like there's lots of weird sequences that, that do slow the film down a little bit because it starts off so quick paced you, it gets you straight in there you have a little uprising they're moving on and then you know they obviously that action scene we said with their like the fellas with the spears and they're like in a cult and they, it was a, oh, a character I completely forgot about is it, my favourite character in the whole film the is bald guy grey is that the, the the bald alien looking guy no it's the guy it's Freddy from the second cast of Skins Luke Basquilano and he, he's the guy with the tattoos and oh he like comes out of nowhere God. and he just starts ninjaing around and then like yeah, yeah, he yeah, has yeah, a tattoo yeah. on his arm he grabs his, uh, his tongue was cut out so he doesn't speak yeah yeah, yeah, it, yeah and yeah. he's got the tattoo on his arm and it says die on like the top of his forearm or surrender surrender <laughs> <laughs> so he planned that <laughs> <laughs> he was like surrender surrender, surrender. <laughs> <laughs> when he just comes out of nowhere and when they like can't get past someone he just like flips through the carriage out of nowhere yeah he's, just he's very them. chill he's yeah, a chill, I, he's I, a chill love guy. Them. I love them I also love the two cronies that are like uh, uh, your man's henchmen <laughs> and they're like your impossible like, to kill your man looked like Douglas out of the IT crowd the guy who killed, <laughs> killed Jamie Bell I was like why Speak is he priest <laughs> He's like invincible in this movie. Oh it's, no, no, it's the guy who kills Jamie Bell who does actually die and then oh, it's like yeah. other half. It's like the Terminator. Yeah. And then like there's some really weird things in it where I was like, Do you remember they, they get through and they, they're finally gonna find the, the gatekeeper and this is like the first uprising and that ninja guy from Skins yeah. kills him. But it's like a big giant and he's like, and he's like sw- <laughs> yeah. swinging a block around. <laughs> How did he like, get in the train? <laughs> it's like, what? What ticket did he buy? And I was like, is there giants in this movie? But no, he's the only one. Yeah. But that just, to be fair though, I just find that that type of stuff like classic action. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like the giant with the big hammer, the two guys in the suits who just are like chasing you for the It was like every stereotype like of what your villain is. Yeah. It's like, like, you got your Agent Smiths from, yeah, from the yeah. Matrix and then you have your Arkham Asylum just goon. He's yeah. like, he's like swinging around a metal block, and they're all like, "Whoa!" No, yeah, I, I love that kind of stuff. You can see he was kind of taking the. It's like when when Tarantino does like kung fu. Yeah, it's like it's that, very you know? tongue in cheek. The action, yeah. but the thing is, the act. So I thought the action got progressively better. I thought there was so much shaky cam and stuff at the start. Yeah, I'm kind of going. I, I yeah, get disoriented. I agree, I agree with that. I don't know, and I was surprised because. I thought, you know, Paris, Parasite was shot with such precision yeah. that I was like, why is this kind of like a mess? And I think Definitely it's just Western to, influence. It's like, you gotta make it look cool <laughs> yeah. and fast. You, you see that Matt Damon movie? <laughs> they don't stop shaking that camera. <laughs> you know who is uh, really good in this flick? Tilda Swinton. The speech she makes about the shoe being oh, on the head is... and while she's freezing your man's hand off. And I, lo- I love how the, the speech feels like it's gone on for too long because she has to make it seven minutes she has yeah. To, yeah, she and has I love to that little touch the way they're like as well like it's just little things in like these films like director Bong's films that like before they put his arm out into the cold they put on a cream and you're like that makes it so much realer yeah, even yeah. though like you don't it's, know what that cream's it's for the yeah, details. Like, what is that cream yeah, it's yeah. the little details you're like why, why are they putting that cream out. on but you're like yeah, that probably you probably you probably put that. Yeah, yeah, seems about right. <laughs> <laughs> seems about right to me. And uh, can we talk about Tilda Swinton's teeth? 
They oh. are absolutely repulsive. Yeah. <laughs> they are absolutely repulsive. She's a repulsive character. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's it's real. And you really just want great to kill her, though. Really, really good. Character, she's such yeah. a talented actress. Yeah, yeah she, she is. She is. Yeah, she's brilliant. She is so so she's brilliant. Good. Um, I used to not like her, but I I I think after watching um these three movies, and and she's hard, she's yeah. I noticed that she she clearly has a good relationship with yeah yeah I I, I listened to them too on a, I mean, on a she, podcast together. As oh really? Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're really close. She produced. Okja as well she's and an executive producer what's strange about before watching Okja before watching uh, Snowpiercer I actually really didn't like her because I feel like she's always this like weird like omniscient figure mm. like in like Doctor Strange and like the beach she's like this like yeah I, I do like hate her. her in Doctor Strange I, I, I hate her in Doctor I, Strange I quite like her as like I think like she she falls into these kind of like fantasy fantasy roles, roles and, you're, and, just, like, and you're like she's she's got a much but it's real range. oriental roles as well. I remember she came under a lot of criticism for taking like Asian really? Asian for roles Asian in, in yeah. Hollywood because they're so underrepresented. But she, she does she does fit into those movies really. And she really yeah well. she does she does but it's nice like to see her out of those roles. One hundred percent. It's nice to and see her just like a she, rotten bastard. Like, yeah, <laughs> she, she's like this like slag English yeah. one who like think she's more intelligent than everyone else yeah, and it's like yeah. it's a little bit like that kind of like that nurse ratchet that Dolores Umbridge exactly, yeah, yeah, kind of exactly character like talking like. down to them and, and it's like yeah. a, a, that fucking school teacher you fucking hated yeah. and she was just oh, we're talking about school teachers the, the scene with uh, the Alison Pill Alison Pill it's excellent I loved it I, I loved how he had the guns hidden under the eggs. Under the eggs, yeah, yeah great. Yeah. And, and this is the thing. I mean, false, false birth. The, the, yeah. What was so great about Snowpiercer is the change in colours. I mean, the, his use of colour is just incredible. You go from like so grimy, so horrible. bleak, horrible, cold on their faces. Like It's literally like you're watching them in a coal mine for the first hour of the movie yeah. and then they're in this bright vibrant classroom yeah. with like romanticising for the children and all yeah, and, and can we talk about the uh, propaganda videos yeah the propaganda oh, they were videos great, were they? they were just but you know what I loved as well even like the subtle propaganda like the, the seven who were like frozen on the hill and that was like from the first revolution the first that was set up. I just thought like little hints like that that, that brings you in that you're like wow this is actually there's a lore this is a good this. film like, yeah, this is a, a really good a, film yeah I thought that was a really cool it was a moment. nice touch like yeah yeah and like little things that and I I love that he reincorporates this. see this is the thing about <laughs> Bom Joon-ho he can put things in that you think he might incorporate later and then he doesn't so there was times in Snowpiercer there was things in it and you're, you're brought to focus on it like the bit where Kang Ho Sung, there's a hole in the window and then a snowflake comes in and yeah. and, and the plane, he talks, so they, they come back. Yeah, he's the looking plane, at the plane, you don't you, know why. You, and you're kind of thinking this this could be just something that's in the movie or yeah. like, because the fish thing, you're like, maybe that's going to be incorporated <laughs> no, later. No. Nope, Chris Evans just slips on a fish. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and, but it, it was, but so they, they set up these things and they do pay off in your, in your final sequence. Yeah, and it is that plan to pay off from the very start. You have no idea why the camera's cutting the whole time. And you really don't know his relevance during mm. the film, his mm. song's relevance during the whole film. And then it does turn out, of course, in the end, that like she is the protagonist the whole time and he's protecting her. He's the yeah. protector the whole time. And he, they really, like, he knows, he just knows how to shoot the song as well, doesn't he? Because, like, he, he just immediately your favourite character. Yeah, he is. You're just, rooting for him the whole time, even we, though he's, like, a cracker. The a, second a cracker. he's introduced, <laughs> and he's, and, and again, it's it's funny, there's he, there's a lot of, there's a lot of humour in, yeah. in Snowpiercer. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, like, you're, I was actually, like, 
the the scene what we were talking about where um Ewan Bremner's character uh, gets his arm frozen it's so grim and it's what as punishment for throwing yeah. a shoe at Tilda Swinton oh it wasn't actually at Tilda Swinton it was at a uh, yellow oh, yellow laser girl yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah God yeah that's like that's a lot like um and not to jump out again but you know when your one falls down the stairs in Parasite uh, yes and it's so funny. But it's horrible. It's, yeah, it's, it's in this really horrible set of circumstances. But yeah. there's, there's levity, and I think that takes that takes real skill to make you kind of have a bit of a giggle. It does. Yeah, it, it, he kind of employs those kind of slapsticky kind of things in a really dark setting in a really horrible situation. Like, yeah, and I mean those those steps that she falls down couldn't look sore. They're like, concrete. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the most concrete stairs <laughs> ever, and yeah. straight off the wall. But you're still like, that was a great scene. Mm-hmm. You're still like, that's that's hilarious. I'm so glad we watched these movies because I think pacing is actually one of his problems what's one of his flaws but you can see a progression you yeah see, yeah exactly yeah. he has worked on it and look that could be down to as well like like the, he does as you say he doesn't have a set genre so if you're if you go about making a movie if you go to make, making a horror movie you, you kind of have an idea how it should be paced if you go about making an action movie you know about how it should be paced it needs to be an action scene every couple of minutes yeah. blah, blah, blah. but he doesn't do that he he mashes about 10 different genres and he also yeah. into one movie writes directs storyboards edits his, the, the entire film he's like, heavy, he's, he's heavy, he's heavy and like when you're doing that kind of stuff I can just imagine that like you don't want to get rid of half of the shit you've just done I actually feel guilty that I haven't only up until now that I'm starting to watch his movies. I would be completely lying if I said I knew he was mm. before Parasite. No, 100%. Like, I, I had the host, watched the I'd host, the host. I, but I didn't know it was him. I, I'd, I'd always, Snowpiercer had always intrigued me. Mm. because You see, this is the problem. I saw well. Okja years ago. Really? I, never, I don't think I ever made the connection though. No. I, I think I think Snowpiercer as well was probably marketed as more of an action movie and I yeah. think yeah. that's probably why I wouldn't tell someone because that's what I thought it was going to be about. I thought it was just going to be Chris Evans Fighting people, fighting fellas through a train. Yeah, that's the way I think it, was it got badly done by the marketing. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't want Chris Evans. Really? He, he said he was too uh, physically like too too buff, like, for. Yeah, he uh, does kind of stick out. For, I know he ate a lot of babies. <laughs> 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 he was he was chock full of babies. He was, that's where you get that strength. There, yeah. there, 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 there was to be fair, there was a bit in it where I was like, what. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> was Snow who? <laughs> no, they're, they're like they're like so ill. They're all so skinny because they. they Chris Evans is breaking everyone's bones. Chris Evans jumps and just absolutely karate kicks a guy in the chest, and he like does like a flip, and I was like, what? I was like, you have been living in steerage oh, for 17 yeah. years. That is pinch of salt stuff. Though, it is pinch of salt stuff. And like, the thing about uh, Boon John Ho's movie, oh. Bong Joon Ho, excuse me, his films, everyone is like an acrobat. Oh yeah. Everyone has like... I'm up for that. Everyone, oh no, it works. You see, the thing is, these things work. There's weird like Olympian undertones, which is weird. Yeah, like, yeah. You're one of Parasite, the mother is, she's a hammer throw Olympian. Hammer throw, yeah. And then you're one in, is an archer. Archer, yeah. In, in the host. And it's just cool the way like, they're also a part of this like underclass that is like so prevalent in the yeah. films as well. Right guys, so let's talk about 2017's Okja, Netflix film. Um, so kind of uh, like the rest of his films has a very strong message uh, directly in the plot um, what do you guys think of this film? I like again I just love how he approaches these like social issues and these topics it's like the like 
around that time, there was a load of videos going around of slaughterhouses, mm. and it was it was a very prominent topic in the media and like the harrowing scenes that like go into them. So he went about this film and created this super big, super big this animal that like you couldn't be desensitized to because no. we're desensitized to cows, pigs. to pigs, to poultry, and different things like that. Not to be like too crude, but we don't really care about them. No, we don't. We don't care about them. We do all the time. The population. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't we don't do really that. care about them. Uh, but what he did here is he just he modeled it after a manatee. It looks like a hippo. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, ca- it's called an elephant. Yeah. Sorry, it's called a pig. It yeah. looks nothing like it. It looks nothing like a pig, and you immediately connect with this pig. Mm. It's a very likable super pig. Yeah, I'd so, do anything for this pig. And, <laughs> and, and that's I the difference. Die like, what, this pig. While in the context of Okja, it is just a big pig. It is. <laughs> it really we, is. We care about it so much. Like he gives it, he, he gives it a little bit of personality. You know what I mean? So, so let's kind of let's kind of explain the overarching story of it. It's set in this kind of world where this co- this massive the the Miranda Miranda. I believe company. food's like running out. Uh, is There's it like that or is it just shortages. that they're is it just that they're, they're trying to rehash they're trying the image to, of, of the company like, because the sister who was last in she was a heartless CEO massive, and the, the father like yeah. made napalm or something yeah, he, he yeah. Made, no he made Agent Orange they actually say they it. say it they say Agent Orange there's another nod to Agent Orange they actually say Agent Orange and but yeah you know as we were saying they're they're this company that are launching this new food and they the, the whole story at the start of it is they bred these 15 pigs gave one to farmers around the and world and it's fair trade and it's fair trade and it's non-GMO oh, and also GMOs is a, yeah. is a big topic everyone's yeah. afraid of GMOs which they probably should be <laughs> but he, he kind of tackles like because like that's another thing like Europeans don't really have to worry about our food is so regulated our food is such high quality it's high like, quality and like is, Americans yeah. like, I, you know what I think Miranda uh, is it was it was Miranda wasn't it is that what it's called yeah, it yeah, Miranda, Miranda, yeah. yeah Miranda, Miranda yeah. I think it was meant to be Monsanto you know that massive food conglomerate over in America that's like the most they used to make Agent Orange actually yeah, yeah they used to make they used Agent, to make Agent Orange go. and uh, now they, they control something like 40% of North America's food food uh, oh wow food products yeah yeah there's actually um, just a little segue if you want to watch a great documentary the world according to Monsanto. It was- oh, Sorry, back to Akshay. So, they're they're these these super pigs, and this it, you know what? This is what I just love about the movie. The opening scene. It's in the mountains in Korea, and it is just gorgeous. Those it, first it, yeah. those first ten minutes are just absolutely stunning. Unadulterated nature. Like, yeah, and it's yeah. just incredible. And I love how he's somebody who clearly can show, like like it was any country and. and South Korea seems to have this you know you have these dense cities that are just packed and and, and stuffy and, and then you have these beautiful countrysides yeah. and how he gets those contrasts in the same movie within minutes and it opens up and, and it is minutes it is minutes it is literally minutes and this the, the girl this young girl I mean how old is she meant to be in it she's probably only about 13 like 13 like, like, yeah, yeah. and she's like caring for this this pig, super pig. and amazing performance from Jake Gyllenhaal oh he's great he's he like TV he was so weird in he it. was so weird so, so should, like I'm sure they were kind of like right Jake you know like you can do whatever you want yeah. as well he's like I'm taking to the next level he hams yeah. it up just yeah, he goes. I just thought it was so weird it was so weird like the whole time I was watching I was like he's why is his voice he's an incredibly weird guy you remember incredible he was, I hate his sister 
Uh, do you not like Maggie? No. I'd be a big you fan of You always go on about hating Maggie Gyllenhaal. And I, I don't know what your beef is with Maggie Gyllenhaal. <laughs> like, like, she's such like, a, I don't have an opinion on Maggie yeah. Gyllenhaal. Like, <laughs> I haven't seen her enough. <laughs> and you passionately talk about your hatred. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is like a TV presenter. And he's like, like a, Steve Irwin. He's like Steve Irwin, yeah. And he's an absolute weirdo. But he's, you know, you were saying he's a weird guy. Do you remember, you know, that he's Mysterio in Spider Man. Yeah. Like he's he's actually great in that. Yeah. Have you ever seen him do interviews talking about other Marvel movies? No. He hasn't seen any of them. Yeah, like, he, just, he did one and done. I'm pretty he, sure. He, but like, he, they, he hasn't even cheddar. watched. They were like, they were literally like asking, and because I was so surprised because he's so good in Spider Man. Yeah. But they're like, <laughs> there's like so many awkward interviews where they're like. What's your favorite movie in the Marvel franchise? And he's like, oh, no, all of them, man. They're I, all so good. And you're like, you haven't watched a single one of these yeah. movies. I gotta like, say though, I just think he, he's such an excellent actor. I think he's, he's very incredible. underrated. He's like. incredible. Back to Aksha. So then these these this the company shows up that gave the, the animal. Well, right, we we skipped. So the super pig. There was like fifteen of them. I think there's fifteen of them given to fifteen different like farmers, really good rural farmers. farmers that like knew how to look after their animals. Yeah. And then this American corporation shows up to take the pig back, and they're gonna have this big beauty contest. Uh, yeah, beauty competition. It's basically a pageant. Who's the best super? Pig. Yeah. And straight away, they take uh, Akja away, and the little girl in it, Misa, is it or Mija? 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 Mija. Mija. Mija or it's it's, like it's M I J A. They yeah. kind of pronounce it. They kind of pronounce it different ways yeah. in the movie as well. Yeah, because it goes um, through so many layers of speakers. And so. you know, she pursues getting getting her pig back. And I have to say that whole sequence where she's trying to get Akja back. I mean, that's basically the whole movie. But that initial sequence of her chasing Akja. And then she, you know, she's chasing it, and it's in the van, and there's all the the, the government, the, sorry, the, the corporate officials, and they're yeah. all in the suits, and they're Climbing another, the hill. yeah, massive, massive stab, and massive conglomerates and, and corporations. But that whole sequence is so fun, and it's like something in like a Spielberg movie with like, yeah. and she's like chasing it around, and then what really set it in t- in in kind of pace with me is when they run into the animal activists yeah featuring the likes of Paul, Paul Dano, Dano and who also was on Jake Ch- with Jake Chinlow on Prisoners that is true yeah that is very true reversing roles I think Excellent that was movie. that was before yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that was before I think so and also uh, Glenn from The Walking Dead yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what was his story as well? They're all like, they're all. And you know what? This is what's great about it because the movie's making a point about you know consumerism and how we just blindly produce eat to eat. And shit, and it's just pure like, gluttony. Yeah. And but there's a great bit in it. They're all these like they're basically like Greenpeace or like PETA, and yeah. they're like you know they're these activists and they're they're good. They're you know they're a real they're, organization. The, Oh, the, a- yeah. the AFL are yeah, actually... Yeah, the AFL real organisation. No way. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? Uh, but they're not exactly ALF, painted in the... the ALF, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're not exactly painted in the, the best... No, no, they're not. And that's what I like about it because I think their heart is in the right place in it and that's what's so good about it. But they're flawed. And I mean, one of the characters, I think his name is... Oh, what's his name? Like Silver or something? Silver, yeah. yeah. And he, he won't eat... I thought any, it was Andrew Garfield. <laughs> he won't eat anything... Because he said any food production yeah. is immoral. And like, tomatoes. <laughs> and he's like, no. On the truck. <laughs> he's like, food production's immoral. <laughs> and he's like, weak. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and they kind of, and you kind of get this kind of, 
what's the word for it? You know, this kind of ragtag team. Like, it's, it's a bit satirized. It, it, oh, it's complete satire. Yeah, it's, it's and I, I think that clearly reflects that it, they are a real organization. Mm. That, that director Bong is saying, look, there's, while this side is evil, you're going about it the wrong way. Exactly, yeah. You know? He's pointing out that like these people might have good intentions but they're kind of caught up in their own ideology so much that it's like and they kind of end up useless yeah exactly you know? and and what's the, what's great about it is through the whole movie that all the, the only goal is to just get Akja back to the mountains that's the only thing yeah but they're on this like bigger crusade to like expose the the scandals of the meat industry and, and what's going to happen with Miranda yeah. and uh, this is where again so we go to the scene where there's like slaughterhouses and Oxford gets taken to like this like lab and they're just the the, the colour palette just changes and it's yeah. just from the beautiful yeah, greens to like the greys and it's and it's horrible it, look, it looks like something from Saw yeah, it's like yeah. the, you know the, the white tile walls and oh no he, he's fully going out to show what this is just, really yeah, about and that's yeah. it. then it clicks with you and you're like alright well this is what's yeah. happening in there. and then like you know that gun where he goes so Jake Gyllenhaal goes up to the meat testing gun that's real isn't it Jake Gyllenhaal goes up to Oksha with this gun or little extractor device and he takes like sausages of meat out of Oksha while while she's alive and, and people are eating it it's like oh a, it looks so disgusting yeah. it does doesn't it, it looks, it looks so horrible disgusting. and I, I, I do believe that is a real thing that goes on as well which is just like seeing stuff like that on camera is like whoa Jesus, is it yeah. fuck? Like, and you know, it's a CG it's a CG pig it's, it's, it's a big hippo creature like you would do absolutely anything yeah. but I think what's weird about this movie is as well is it's got real kind of like kiddish moments in it and something that you would see in like water horse yeah. where they're like running around with Oxygen and like this one particular bit where the cops are all chasing them and they like drop marbles on the floor it's like a scene from Home Alone I thought that was great though I loved it Isn't I loved like, it yeah, that, that's real like the, the he actually said this himself in an interview he loves when things are rolling yeah for oh, some reason really, yeah. yeah. so well, that explains like, the barrels in it yeah, yeah and like the, the like the fish and like the the marbles and like when there's a you know how like the monster moves and like yeah, kind of rolls, yeah, kind of rolls, rolls over in the bridge house, and the peaches and parasite and different mm, things yeah, like that yeah, he just yeah, loves yeah. when things are rolling which is <laughs> <laughs> which is weird but it's really effective in that movie and like these, these are things that would happen in a movie and if they're in any other movie you'd be like that's weird but they work in the world that he creates he creates these worlds you can where tell these that, things like, can kind of exist in the subway scene when they're all running around and the police and they have the umbrellas you know they, was, they pop the umbrellas to stop so like much. the tasers the, the, uh, the tranquilizers oh the tranquilizers tranquilizers that and that's the stage in the film where you're like right this is a director Bowen film you're yeah, like, you're like you can really see it now. it was that was just a bundle of fun fun was. fact the housekeeper the initial housekeeper in Parasite yes is the voice of Okja <laughs> What? No way. <laughs> How weird I'm pretty is that? sure Octa's only lines are <laughs> <laughs> like distorted pig noise. <laughs> well, she's credited for it. Um, let's talk about Tilda Swinton in this. Yeah, she plays two characters. She plays two characters. Uh, I think she's pretty good in this flick. Mm. Uh, Not to Dragon Jill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she saw Adam Sandler and was like, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> it does work in this film. Yeah, no, it is good. Like, uh, the I love. The, there's a really good scene um, where she's freaking the fuck out after the underground um, mall scene yeah. and she's like getting all these ideas and everything it's really cool it's really it, good it's so it's such like a good like 
cold soulless corporate way of looking at things like yeah yeah how can we how can we take advantage of shit situation get the little girl over you know we'll fly to new york she'll be reunited with the pig it's just like oh you're like a pr person she just won't cooperate and and, you know that's that's what's good with the movie because it could have gone on this this it could have continued on with this the a a a l f or yeah a l f and the little girl, you know, and, and, and Misha saving Oxygen. It could have been a whole thing about them, but it's not really about that. That they are that's going on in the background, and they're trying to get Oxygen back and stuff. But then it kind of goes into this whole thing where they're trying to make her like the face of of Miranda, and it, like the it's movie- very it's very again like the host and like Snowpiercer in the sense that you don't know what the purpose of the film, like you know what the purpose of the film is, mm. but you don't know like should you be hoping for this little girl to reach out to mm. or should you be paying attention to all the corruption yeah, yeah exactly. you know it's yeah. the same thing it's, yeah. it, there's two very different sides mm. that, and you're focusing equally on both yeah. you don't know what to be rooting for you know what's a hard hitting scene in this when like the police are just beating the other living shit into like the, the and that's another thing that's a comment yeah, on like police brutality yeah, I mean yeah. they just that got really good that got really I was like Jesus like, I'm really they, watching it was this. visceral they're, they're yeah. proper well, I suppose that's guys. what really happens like I mean yeah. we're talking about the meat gun we're talking about you know the batons beating the shit into these people mm-hmm. and so then what's like, happening, it gets know? progressively like it escalates extremely quickly in that hour like when they get to the slaughterhouse yeah, yeah the slaughterhouse yeah. and you see that this is not fair trade at all it's the exact same as the regular meat industry with these giant pigs that like you have personalities personalities, and they're all just going through this like like guillotine and it's fucking I'm gonna go out the label and say this is the closest thing you'll get to a happy ending with a Bong Joon-ho movie it's so bittersweet I was so surprised that it ended like slightly happy yeah it It was yeah it's comparison to the rest of the films you're thinking wow this is just gonna be dreary dark little a tiny little pig and then Okja and they're, they're safe save the, the pig but, but then but, everything then is still like, happening you in the have that quantum payoff as well else. with the gold pig that he, she's given at the start and then she buys Okja back so like and then Tilda Swindon Stone who's like I am not giving you back Okja is like it's my property or whatever them, as soon as she then sees the, the money there. she's like right okay give her give make her sure the pig, the pig uh, gets back to Korea yeah, safely yeah. it's just like and as soon as something has a price tag no I definitely didn't because from the outset I was like this isn't that type of movie like, yeah you know it's it, 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 it could have I don't think it would have been a good movie if she died no I don't think so either. it would have been too like too dark too dark and, and there's, as I said there's real quirky slapsticky moments and kind of childish moments yeah. that, that work in the movie and, yeah. and you kind of can really enjoy them. like it's not a, it's not a kids movie if you watch the first few minutes of it you might think it is but it, it's not it, it, this fucking swearing in it there's there is a force a beat down a, by um, what's his name oh Paul Dano Paul Dano oh yeah he beats yeah. the crap into Glenn in The Walking Dead yeah, yeah. yeah. it fucks Glenn up yeah, yeah. yeah. well that's that, that goes back to what you said that the characters are all likeable but so flawed flawed they're yeah. so flawed it's like the corporations are absolute shitbags and then the a, 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 the animal liberation front the yeah the animal liberation front are also like not perfect uh, except for the computer guy he's cool yeah, I mean. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait is he not Glenn I thought Glenn yeah, was Glenn, the computer guy yeah. no no there's Australian guys oh, he's oh like, yeah he, he yeah. gets into the stage yeah, yeah. he's like yeah, yeah he's on the oh, microphone oh yeah I'm yeah. fucking in <laughs> what, what was the story at the end where like Okja had that like lost in translation moment where he like <laughs> whispers into yeah, into yeah, the little yeah, girl's yeah, ear yeah, that was one thing and then I was like, like, look, all right, now, 
now it's not a pig anymore. Now yeah, it's now, now it's a, now a sentient it's a human. Yeah. Well, it's the maid from Parasite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that, I just found that credit so weird. That but is an extremely Anyway, weird. What, what did you think of Octavia? You know what? I think I preferred it slightly more to Snowpiercer. Again, it's it's none of them have that seamless feel that Parasite has. They're all a little bit disjointed. On purpose. 100% on purpose. But I feel like this is what he wanted to do with Okja. Well, they're a lot more, like, like, obviously theatrical. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, exactly. And he creates these worlds where these things make sense and they run that way. Yeah, and and they fully do make sense in these worlds. In that world, yeah. yeah. And I think that it probably flows better than Snowpiercer. It's not as depressing. It's... A kind of a better it's kind of a clearer message as well mm. than Snowpiercer Snowpiercer there is stuff about class and brainwashing but there's kind of a mishmash of messages in there that you can take away from I think Octa just kind of has a much clearer message like, straight up. this is straight up again I, I don't want to recommend it to to people who might go into it thinking it's this kind of animal swashbuckling adventure it's not yeah. there's so much more to it than that you can really enjoy the animal bits and they're they're great and the yeah. Octobits are incredible and I, I really lo- enjoyed the CG in it and that's like, good CG very and, good and, CG and, and to make an animal like it's actually very difficult to make an animal like with slight facial expressions where you don't make it too human like uncanny valley once again exactly yeah, yeah make yeah. it like a fucking yeah. creature from the deep exactly like yeah. but it's uh, yeah like look I would 100% recommend it but don't don't expect a seamless run of a movie was my least favourite of the films Really, I think I agree. You, yeah. you're gonna say I've got a special that. place in my heart for the host because I love the host. Yeah. I the host was yeah, solid. Two thousand six cool. monster film. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, I love Snowpiercer. Um, I thought I thought Snowpiercer was a great watch. Snowpiercer would be the second for me. Yeah, if you can sit back and relax and just chill out and watch Snowpiercer, then you're good to go. Because it's a good action film. It yeah. is a good action movie. And it, which is just so hard to come by. It's the same when you sit down to watch a horror film and you're like, I hope this isn't just wasting my time, but you're definitely going to watch it anyway. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we get on to Parasite, guys? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Right, so Parasite, 2019's Parasite won four Oscars. Guys, tell me what you thought of Parasite. This is one, though, that going into it, I don't really think that we should summarise. <laughs> because it's just one of those films that like I'd hate just go to summarize for yeah. just go yeah. and see it if you, that, if that's you, our summary just yeah, go and see if it you're, if you you will not enjoy any of the conversation if you haven't seen it please just watch it and trust yeah, us you really should just watch trust it the, actually trust the academy on this one <laughs> they actually got it right yeah. on this one so, so I mean how do you even go about describing this film okay it is the representation of the underclass which is below the working class and it is not necessarily poor people because they are like the precariats they are like the college student that can't get work they're the guy who was in the military can't afford to go to college there's the dad who's done every job under the sun he's opened the cake factory the cake shop he was a driver for years he was a driver for years between the cake shop he like folds pizza boxes and everything Mm. and then the mother is that Olympian and they're all in the same situation where no one can get work in this semi-basement suite all of them hyper intelligent and you know that yeah exactly you know they're all extremely intelligent and they're actually set which is just the imagery in this film is phenomenal they're actually set underneath their toilet which I just love the toilet is raised above they're below their toilet that's like how they're portrayed in this film and like the opening scene is they have to watch a drunk guy piss on their their their, house essentially on their house yeah (laughs) and what's great about it is as well is you know they're charlatans and 
but they're not they're not there's not real much malice in, in what they're no, doing no not at all they're just chancers they're just chancers yeah. yeah they're not allowed to hurt anyone no exactly and I think you know that that's that's a that is a trope that is as old as film itself the, the likeable rogue the person out there is kind of scheming kind of ripping people off but you like them you it's really, back to really like it's them. back to that idea of show re in the in, in the, the host, host that he displayed it's the same thing it's just yeah. trying to get what you want and not hurt anyone along the way and so uh, the, this real story kind of kicks off when you realise that so the the son in this family he has a friend who's Nin who, yeah gives him the scholar rock the scholar yeah so apparently he, that was the thing that like director Bong actually knew about it's a real thing that like it's big no and way. Pretty, yeah they collect the, they're called scholar rocks that like mean different things and you collect them in the right way but that's like a prevalent part throughout the yeah, whole thing like, yeah, it's really yeah, recurring yeah, yeah. and like as soon as they get this rock which I thought was cool they all start to manipulate their way into this the Parks household yeah. Yeah. which is a super rich and the job that he does it with is a tutor to the child which is in director Bong's words the only way the two classes would come would, into would, contact would, would, would with each other. Contact, yeah. I, I thought that was really cool. And then, like, it starts going well. They all manipulate their way into this household by getting well, other people well, fired. Well, what's, yeah, what's, which what's is hilarious. Is, so, you know, the son goes in and he's tutoring English to the, to the, to the park's daughter. And uh, within a few minutes, he's able to get his sister in, yeah. who he calls a music therapist. Art therapist. Uh, sorry, art therapist. Sorry, yeah. And uh, I remember when I was watching the movie, you know, she, she they have a son who's a bit erratic and he's kind of he's very artistic but he's that's you know, all yeah, yeah, yeah. and he, he's he's really artistic but he's you know he's wild and he's he's hyperactive and he, he's kind of, he's also experienced some trauma in his life that they yeah. that you find the schizophrenic out. yeah like really good and which know, is foreshadows the basement to yeah, show that in exactly the little schizophrenia zone and yeah. uh, you know the daughter is teaching him art therapy and you, you know you, what's amazing is she goes in she calms him down within a few minutes and you're like holy shit yeah she's a powerful figure in she's such she's a, yeah i love that about great her. character and, uh, you find out she just googled it and that really sets off the kind of the tone of the, movie. the tone of it yeah, yeah. it's a movie that'll make you laugh it will shock you the genre you know? thing again. and like, yeah. like like how how naive the parks are is so funny because they're so innocent and it kind of reminds me of like you even, feel for them you do even though they're, they're not, this mega rich family and what's great is you know they're kind of not bad people but they kind of are kind of are people. bad people well you don't think they're for like the whole film so, until yeah. the end when they just like the tone again switches, switches. it's like Okja where it just switches from like oh this is a nice little kid's like feel yeah. good film don't to, fuck around to yeah. you know, right, or else the town yeah. Yeah. Um, but then obviously they she when once she gets a job as the art therapist she gets a lift home off the driver takes off her knickers in the car leaves them there gets the driver fired because apparently he's having sex with crack whores in the back of the car that was my favourite bit yeah. I was like this is genius yeah. <laughs> and and what's so great about it is the parks are so appalled yeah. they're so like oh my god yeah. underwear but then, but then they bring it back to it again yeah. later. It's, oh, a, it's, it's, it's great and I kind of think that they're, the, the parks are kind of exaggerated as this sheltered rich family and it kind of reminds you of like how Daisy goes on in The Great Gatsby this kind of like, yeah. oh, oh man yeah, exactly, how yeah. terrible yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I, I love that and it's yeah. so apparent they're, they're so shocked 
by they, everything. Yeah, they, they convince her that the maid has bloody like hepatitis. Has TB. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, has TB. Which is just great. Isn't it's it, right? I think it's hilarious. It's and, just yeah, outrageous. She's allergic to peaches, and they they. they that's a great that, scene montage. That also is a true story. With that, um, apparently they were off on a trip. Director Vaughn and like his mates, and one of them was allergic to peaches, so they started throwing peaches up. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, they said that they were at like a conference where the girl who plays Jessica started handing out peaches to anyone. And Director Vaughn was there sitting there like biting his nails, no hoping way. no one would die in the crowd. <laughs> well, that's what's so great about it is these kind of little plans they come up with and they're really ingenious and you admire them so much because even though they're taking this family for a ride they're so smart and you're you're yeah. rooting for them you want them to yeah. kind of get there but even so you're kind of like they're arseholes yeah like, like, why, are they, why are they doing this they're, they're such a nice rich family and yeah. look they're giving treat them so well they just want well, more and they more, just want more and more and more exactly and um, Parco song uh, sorry hang Kang, Kang Ho Song, <laughs> just song, just song. Director Bong and song. song. <laughs> he is the, the father, father of the show. He's great. In this. He's, He's incredible. So good in he this. Is, he, I have to say, the one thing that kind of everyone complained about the Oscars was this year that no one from Parasite got nominated. The actual um, cast. Um, yeah. I think maybe that's probably fair enough to say, but they kind of just work as an ensemble. I think I don't think yeah. the only one that Nobody does stand out, out except me. for except. Well, for I'm not gonna lie. Me, me and Jack saw this in a screen and scene. Mm. Yeah. And I don't know about you, Jack. I didn't know what the film was like when I started watching it, and at the very start, I was like, "Oh my god, the acting is just painful." Really. And then it just progressed. Mm. and obviously the characters got more comfortable in their yeah, roles and everything yeah, and stuff like yeah. that you could kind of tell as the movie progressed the acting got a lot more fluid yeah, yeah, and did, stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah, and yeah. I, I wonder it, if they shot it chronologically from the, they, the last scene that was shot so the first scene that was shot was in the rain when he's running through the streets uh, before the flood uh, during the flood you know when they're running yeah. down from yeah. the house yeah, and yeah that was the first get, scene yeah that was the first scene they shot and then the last scene they shot weirdly enough such a forgettable scene was uh when Mr. Kim uh, Song uh, was in the bathroom slash like sauna with Mrs. Park and what she and he's like oh you need to get rid of that one with tuberculosis oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. because of the yeah. power dynamics yeah. you went into because yeah. you know they're both in the room and it's really uncomfortable when yeah. he's standing up with her yeah, right. so yeah. when, they, when he's taller than her and then she's like sit down basically yeah, so she's yeah. still above him it's those little like so hints. Uh, one thing that I thought was just incredible about the film was this is the scene when they're all the family are out camping the rich family are camping and then the charlatans have all got firmly comfortable they're all getting pissed they're in the house it's night time and they're having this conversation about how far they're going to take this and you're going this is ridiculous you know what I mean he's going to like eat, you know the bubble's going to burst the bubble's going to burst yeah. and it's, it's going on and on and there's actually an excellent bit where Jessica Intimidate uh, imitates a North Korean um, newscaster. Yeah, it is yeah. spot on. It no, is that's absolutely. Not Jessica, it's, um, oh, sorry, not the Jessica. old ma- Okja. <laughs> <laughs> it's the old house. You're right. It's the old, it's, no, it's not the old house. It's the mother. The the. No, it's the old housemaid when she's on your man's back. You know the horrible basement fellow's back. She's like massaging him, and then she's doing the newscaster thing. Oh, and he's like, honey, I missed right, your comedy. Right. And sorry, like, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. That was excellent. That was but, excellent. Yeah. But that so the whole movie just switches pace when that doorbell rings. Yeah. In that scene. But and the tension builds up 
I think when they're like eating and drinking everything in the house, I, I like in the back of my head. I'm yeah, like, it, something it, is gonna happen. It, it here. brings your guard down, but you're like, because you're like, you're like, they're too relaxed here. Something is gonna happen here, and of course, doorbell rings. It's the housemaid that they've gotten sacked, and that's where the movie just takes a it, turn. A turn. It just completely flips it on its on its head, and but you don't even know what's gonna happen when. Oh, you have no rings. idea at all. Like, and this is when it on? shifts from like, all right, it went from comedy to like kind of a thriller and then it just hits straight into horror yeah. well, I, th- I thought that was quite it was I thought I could feel a bit of a horror I thought it was leading the, to a horror when she's at the door and she's in the rain and, and I was like ugh I feel really uncomfortable yeah here. she's got like a busted face yeah, yeah and she I don't even horrible. think they explain that maybe she, just allergy yeah I, th- yeah I think that's what it is or that she's know. just downtrodden since she yeah. lost her job like and uh, so she goes in and you realise oh did they set this up beforehand though the basement they were there was a lot of foreshadowing in the basement but but how do they it's the light switch it? that was oh working. how they introduced it was there was a plum juice that sh- the the original maid gets for uh, I think it was, was it for um who was it again it's for the mother it's for the mother, it's, it, mother. It, it, it was for the mother but I don't stressed. know why the camera follows her down there it was someone went down with her I forget what it was. Well, I, I, I just remember the chairs. She's, remember, and he has oh, to move the. Do you know what it is? To move the. Do you know what it is? Yeah, they yeah. all hide. They all hide. So the maid is talking to the charlatan mother. Yeah. And then she's like, she's like, I have to get something, and she's pushing the cabinet. Oh like, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant like it. originally in the. No, the no. I mean like start. how do we when do we first get to yeah. see the opening? And she's of it? she's stuck. She's literally. Like, she's like. <laughs> She's <laughs> trying to push out with her she's legs. like a spider trying yeah. to like push the thing and so you find out there's this old bunker in this rich family's house a nuclear bunker yeah um, and I love that little theme in there that they yeah. threw that in because there probably would be rich families in South Korea that would have these oh of course bunkers. yeah I definitely that has to 100% uh, exist I love North, that. North Korea North Korea right next like, door yeah, yeah. trying to bomb you guys you'd have to seconds. you'd have to think that yeah, yeah. yeah. and her husband has been living down there for years. Yeah, some absolute cretins has just been oh, horrible. Living I mean, down there, sweating. Even the little shot of the scraps. Like, even yeah. the little shot of like the condom wrappers, like uh, on the side of the yeah, bed and everything. Uh, and yeah, that was like rank. That. He's just a horrible bastard. But what I love again is like they're like it's so ridiculous and so absurd. But when they get down there he's like well what's the difference between this and like a semi-basement yeah like, and if anything it's better than a semi-basement yeah. because as the night progresses the parks come home there's this whole slapstick thing that is again chaotic and just crazy which is so director bong and just looks amazing and then they go back to their semi-basement mm. which is filled with water yeah I mean but before I want to talk about that scene because that's an incredible scene but before that when, when they're coming home there's that whole rush where they're like cleaning up and yeah. they're like pushing the crumbs under the under the the, the table and the yeah. chairs and they're like hiding under the I just was like this is incredible and the mom is cooking the meal Ra- random Ra- which, yeah. which is made up for this for yeah because it looks delicious he was like how do I make like instant noodles for rich people yeah and like <laughs> it's like Kobe beef yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. their noodles like, sirloin throw yeah. the sirloin she doesn't even eat it yeah, yeah. like yeah. The, the mom eats it like yeah. and uh and it's great because the kid is so spoiled and that's the food he wants and, but as what's soon as the is it, she goes, comes and they're, they're, it's she goes you're on the way home and this is this whole this whole basement thing is just blown up and you're like holy crap and then you find it they're on the way home 
and she goes, "How long will you be?" And she goes, "It says eight minutes." I was fully expecting it's it to the be perfect like perfect amount of time. Th- I was fully expecting it to be like thirty minutes, an hour, like eight minutes. You were like, "Oh, yeah, my the pressure builds." Like it's just... enough time to get it clean. Yeah, if yeah. You, if, you, if you're crazy, and, and, but they're so. What's so great about the family is they're so good at this, and they're like, "You, you cook that food straight away," and they have yeah. it cooking, and they're cleaning all the stuff, and they're hiding, and uh, then you're one. They, they hide the two in the basement the two uh, the old housekeeper and her husband yeah. in the basement yeah. <laughs> she runs back up the stairs this is after an altercation where they get into this big fight and a bag of peaches is thrown over oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 she, she runs back up the stairs and just as the parks are walking in <laughs> she comes to like the very top of the basement and, and, and the mother of the Kim family kicks her down the stairs yeah she literally it's so goes. funny but like you said earlier it's like oh my god you just kicked her down the fucking yeah, stairs yeah it's the slapstick like this woman is like, dead yeah. <laughs> she actually does smack her head I thought oh, she does I thought that. she, she does was like yeah yeah, yeah. she gets like, a concussion and yeah and she's like and I was like holy crap this yeah. is like dark but what's also <laughs> so uncomfortable is they're trapped under the coffee table. And yeah. The parents a bit hot and heavy. decide to get a little bit. And it's a really believable sex, sex scene. Like, yeah. It's, really, it, it's it, not like overtly It's then, not like, overtly, like back to graphic sex. It's not overtly sexual. No. It's like you can picture that this is a, this is this is a husband and a wife. Wife having, having an intimate moment. And, and, <laughs> and they're just under the coffee table. <laughs> and she's like, she's like referencing the limo driver. She's like, call me How a cocaine ding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, that's what's that's what really turns the parks. That turns you from liking the parks is they start discussing oh, the smell yeah. of Mr. King. Old radish. Yeah, and like it's so you can tell it's just bullshit. Like they're they just have this image of like poorer people, and they think he fucking smells. And like, how it crosses the line. Yeah, and and yeah, how it crosses the line, and and he, you can what's well, so he, good. And he like, smells it. That, yeah. that's the moment you're like, where you're oh. like. He's a person. He's like, a person. You know, and He's exactly, yeah. And when he does that little sniff, you're like, oh, then oh, I don't actually bastards. like them. Yeah, them parks. Parks. <laughs> fuck you guys. I'm glad that's it, that's when it right. switches. And of course, they get back to their house. They live in a basement. And Well, you got to... The most important scene in the entire film for me is the descent. Like, this, this is really what he's getting at, the class disparity. Mm. The actual descent from the house in the top of Korea to the very very bottom beneath the toilets mm. submerged in water and it's actually worse than living in that house in the basement of their rich house yeah. Like, yeah like it's actually worse than that and then you just see how defeated they are the rock that's supposed to bring them wealth is floating around Jessica's on the toilet she's sitting on the smoke, toilet yeah and, shit, and, and flying and shit flying out of the toilet and she's just sitting on it like yeah, giving up like it's just it. like and uh, then you know, actually, to go back to another link with the host, I wonder if this like something that happened to him at one stage. In the host, they're also in that like community hall. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, in that for yeah. they're in that for a minute, and I just thought they looked so similar that I thought it was yeah, cool. That was a great scene. Well, it's horrible, and it really accentuates it as well. Is that like he had to get on a suit and go uh, to work the next day and act like everything was normal everything was fine and normal yeah and and they have this impromptu party and it's like they have to set it up and it's like (laughs) yeah you literally see the like fuck Mr. Kim's watching like his wife pull all of the chairs Chairs up from the basement put them down and everything then she's like no no move them here and stuff like that and it's like and it's like it's real just like oh you're not doing anything today I know you're working off we're, we're paying you overtime so yeah. it's real just like your life doesn't matter as long as we're yeah, paying you yeah your time your is, time is, is, is we can buy your time we no can problem. buy your time and 
they one, one of the extra bits is you know she she's on the phone and she's she's going oh thank god for all that rain you know what I mean it actually helps now the sun's outside and you're thinking these people their house was destroyed because of that rain and they're yeah. like they're just so oblivious to it they're it is so, it is the tone changes it is it's like yeah. people look at these manipulators as like criminals but like they're literally just trying they're to get out people of the basement to get like, exactly like. and when Mr. Kim is put into the costume you're like right something's happening yeah, yeah. completely yeah. fucking degrading the poor man and that is yeah. when it just gets next level it gets crazy it how does he get out of the basement again uh, so, so they have to they, they have to go down they, and get the he uh, Jessica opens it up to give them food and they're cooking food for the party and Jessica goes to give them food but then she gets intervened but they've already opened the the thing the yeah thing. And his wife has died from the concussion so Smeagol comes out from the, the yeah the very sets. very much Smeagol very yeah, Smeagol yeah. like and what what's great is um you know they talk about this this the son the 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 parks uh, son the artistic son who had this trauma where he saw a ghost (laughs) it's so good like it's such a good payoff and it's him it's him this creepy guy who's been living in their basement and I have to say that scene where his head pops up is terrifying terrifying. so absolutely terrifying it is so so but it's still you're in stitches laughing yeah because you're like he's this creepy lad living in your basement yeah a couple of times watching this film I turned around to turn and I was like what the fuck is going on like yeah and what's great about it is they're they're bringing out the cake and they're like this is his I'm getting over my ghost cake and yeah. it's like you know and they, yeah the ghost is gonna fucking ruin and then your life. it just goes batshit crazy yeah. everyone's stabbing everyone it is the, well, it, start, it starts off with the son who I always gets clattered by Shmeagol so the Kim's son who was the initial person who got into the house gets attacked by Schmiegel down in the basement yeah. and he bounces well what's what's great is he tries to tie him up again yeah and then he has to run away from him up the stairs this is the kim son and he's got the little bar and it catches him and you're like oh he's actually gonna get out here and then it catches on the doorway flings them back and you're like right he'll just get up and then schmiegel obviously comes up and bounces the the scholar rock off his face sound design in this film is incredible you feel that crunch when he hits him I don't know how they made that sound without bouncing a rock off the head and (laughs) even even the shot I mean he he looks like he's there and he just bounces it off that was incredible Um, then he comes out and he stabs Jessica I'm gonna say first he goes for Jessica and then your one Chung Suk the mother the mother uh, she intervenes she goes crazy and like tries to fight him off and everything and I think she does actually beat him she does and then she stabs Mr. him with the uh, with, with the, the barbecue uh, the barbecue yeah. the barbecue kebab <laughs> <laughs> and with all the sausages still yeah, on it yeah. and what's great about it this is director Bong again you can tell by it is he's there dying on the floor with this like thing with this like barbecue kebab with all the sausages on it and the dogs come up and start eating the start sausages eating the sausages yeah it's and then so... Mr. Kim stands up and you just think alright he's he's had enough like he's he's going after Schmeagol but what's and, great is, is Jessica his own daughter has been stabbed yeah and he's he's going to comfort her and you feel so much for them in that moment yeah. you're like oh and of course the park's son was also stabbed uh I think it was like a little stab. Yeah, like I, he got, he got. See, he went the sword went through Jessica, and got the son as well. That yeah. So Jessica got the full yeah. sword, and and of course 
they're there going like leave her what are you doing yeah. my son is important get, yeah fuck Jessica means Jessica's nothing, nothing. Now, th- to be fair they don't know they don't they know, know that relationship yeah, yeah, yeah. but he's just sitting there and of course Mr. Kimmel is uh, picks up a sword and fucking stabs, stabs Mr. Park, Mr. Park. and it's then, just a yeah. bloodbath it is just absolutely but you're so happy you're stabbing him you're, 100% you're, you're, you're right. so behind his decision to stab him mm. because like why wouldn't you I'd stab him in that case like, you know, obviously he's a bit oblivious to who's who yeah. but it really does the tone shifts you're, after the scene where they're under the table the tone really shifts you're no longer up for the parks at all and you are happy at the end when he gets stabbed and what's great is you know of course Mr. Kim returns to the basement and hides out in the basement and just eats his food and he yeah I thought that was so, really really it's good it's so meticulous he, yeah, it's the so way that, like when the old housekeeper came back she cut the security camera the security wire, camera yeah, and, that's and how that is how he's able, able to get back into the yeah, basement yeah. and some German family rich German family moves Moved in the, they have no clue what happened there yeah uh, and he's doing the Morse code the Morse code and it's just it's just such a Morse code with the lights ending. and then your man he can't stop laughing at everything because he's brain damaged from the rock yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's, it's, it's so Kim's good son. and you know the ending is just so slap in the face the son you know realises he says I, I'm going to get you back dad and someday I'm going to buy this house and you'll just be able to walk out and you won't have to worry about sneaking around blah 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 but he can't he can't and, it, and, yeah. and, and he's going yeah. so I, I'm, the only way that we can be a family again is if I get rich yeah. and it's just so heartbreaking and you're just like and it is that predestination class that you see in the Snowpiercer the, the, yeah, the, the messing isn't too black and white in this film no this one has yeah, a little more slightly to chew more on. subtle you know kind of think about it relax mm. kind of chill out because it's such a kind of experience so when you come out well. of the you came, when I came out of the theatre I was like yeah, a thousand different emotions like it was one of those when I've seen like an unbelievable film and it just feels like I could do anything yeah and it yeah. feels great that's the kind of emotions I had after this film and then you know like you said the more you chew on it the more you think about it you're yeah. like oh yeah like but this I mean, that and, the and other. it was uh, it was the most structured of his Closed loop, exactly, like, absolutely perfect. When was the last time? Just out of interest. When was the last time? I know my last time, which actually wasn't as long ago as you think. When was the last time you came out of the cinema and you were like, "Wow, that was so different and original." Well, I did see Jojo Rabbit recently, which I felt that you thought that was. A... <sighs> I heard was... Knives Out was like that. I haven't seen Knives Out. I heard it. You come I, out I, of I wouldn't say it was Parasite like was... so different and original. Parasite was was just really refreshing. It had, I thought Parasite it had everything. It, it just blew me away. Yeah. Mine like, would be Parasite, I think. Yeah, yeah well, it's definitely the best like, movie this of the is amazing. year. I think it's the like, best The movie last time I saw something that I thought was that original was like Shape of Water. I thought Shape yeah, of Water was yeah. incredibly original. But it's just so nice to come out of a cinema and be like, wow, I can't believe I, I, I have to say, I have to say, I can't wait to see what he does next because watching I'm his back go catalogue... Back. I am officially a big fan. I'm a huge yeah. fan of him. I'm a huge fan, fan of him. Yeah, I can't I, wait to see what he does next. I'm going. I'm going back to watch his short films and, and different things. Like you that. know what's what's so ironic is the movie he makes with, which is a completely total Korean production. He uses all Korean actors. Yeah. Is his most I love that like successful. Movie. Yeah. His most successful that movie. whole like journalist thing of like why why did you choose to shoot this film in Korean and it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like I'm Korean. I'm a Korean guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, he said at his uh, director Bong said at his Golden Globe acceptance speech no said once you get over the one inch wall of subtitles your world will be so much bigger but yeah I mean I don't I like know I why that's such a deterrent for I don't, I don't get it at all you forget for about them in the first millisecond yeah I mean you don't you don't sit I, I don't think it takes your eye off the frame I imagine if you're dyslexic it's quite hard to, to, <laughs> to, to be fair but other than that that I mean, is what my sisters say they're dyslexic and they're like I actually don't really like watching things with subtitles because I feel like I'll miss something they're like they're trying to catch it like yeah. I think to be fair some people are probably subconscious so like beside reading disabilities it really shouldn't be an issue for an adult there's no excuse yeah. unless you're dyslexic fuck the dyslexic right let's rate the films and wrap it up okay you give me your order Tim um, I think we should just leave Parasite out of this because if Parasite's not your favourite film I think we're all agreeing that Parasite is, is the best <laughs> it's the, the best, 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 best and I would 100%. say Snowpiercer the host and Okja Jack uh, so I I'm gonna say the best I think is Snowpiercer um, the host is the second and Okja's third whoa I'm the same I think I know can I guess yours <laughs> yeah Okja you see, you can't say the host because you haven't seen it in so long. See, okay, this is my problem. I'm gonna have to exclude the host. Yeah, I so think I would probably put the host above Snowpiercer because I remember really enjoying it. At the time. I, I I remember well while I was watching Snowpiercer, I was like, this will not be Ian's cup of tea. No, it's not that it wasn't my cup of tea. I I really enjoyed it and I would watch it again. Yeah, but as I said, it's just the pacing problems just took me out of it for a bit. And yeah, and I think Okja made me feel not so dead inside by the end I mean it it was sad but yeah tough tough four watches like yeah not easy of, in terms of like <laughs> I thought the happiness. polar bear I thought the polar bear at the end that of polar bear day. ate the kids okay. I suppose but that's <laughs> the polar bear looked at the camera and was like dum, dum. <laughs> but I, I was like I was like a, a well fed polar bear that's nice to see I thought it was going to like do that thing in the Simpsons where it's like the dog has the shifty eyes yeah <laughs> But yeah, so I, I think I just actually just edged out Snowpiercer for me. I think I just enjoyed it as all, and I think I just enjoyed the look of auction. I really enjoyed the feel of it. Oh, it was it was a great like cinematically. It's, it's a, a nicer it's a, looking. It's a much movie. better film and than I just Snowpiercer. I, I I liked the world it created, and I always like when there's very likable characters. I, I well, then again, Snowpiercer has all that too. I'm not saying it doesn't, but yeah, yeah I think it's for me. It's got to go Okja then Snowpiercer. I'm sure if I rewatch that, I feel like you'd put the host pretty high. To be to be honest. Okay, so if you so first of all, I was saying to everyone watch Parasite. I think that's the best movie to get you into Bong Joon Ho. Yeah, 100. percent Then probably. What would you say? I'd say probably Snowpiercer then. I actually I mean because you get the, you get the, like you get the action. It's about accessibility as well. Yeah. Like yeah. Sevens. You can't say the host because we had to watch it on a Facebook link. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's legally <laughs> legal Facebook yeah. link. Buy it on Blu-ray and support and I, uh, support Korean cinema. Yeah, and after that, like I went through about like four links of like one was one like didn't have one was in Korean, didn't have any subtitles. One was in French but had English subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> I just there's always a catch I like, bought the wrong host. <laughs> oh, oh that's no. a search your own in one. Yeah. <laughs> Don't watch the search your own one guys. You we should have said that you from link, the start. You linked it to me and I was like, what? <laughs> Like, I'm not watching this. Okay, <laughs> let's just get this straight. Okay, Korean. This is the end of the podcast, but don't watch the Sir Sharon and Ronan host. <laughs> last, last, we do watch Ladybird. We see how that
<laughs> a nice coming of age. Oh, can we do top three coming of age movies? I would like a coming of age movie podcast. That would be a lot better. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you could please give us a follow on uh, Instagram and Twitter and on Spotify, which will all be in the bio. And please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. Cheers. Thank you. Join us next week when we talk about The Invisible Man and do a preview of A Quiet Place 2.